Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And today, um, my guest, I can't even put it in words, um, teammate of mine, um, great friend on and off the field. Um, anytime, you know, you need him, you call him, he's there to talk to you or whatever. You know, that's what a brotherhood is. I'd like to give all my listeners listening, especially ones back in Chicago. Say hi, everybody back in Chicago. Um, that's listening. Um, a little bit of background about my guest. You know, um, all these accomplishments he had done is unbelievable. But I've seen it in him when um, I played with him. You know, I knew he was going to succeed in life and become a role model for kids. Introduction. High school, football and basketball, track, coached for 15 years at Eagle Crest High School. Won a state 5A football championship. That's unbelievable to do that. With an undefeated season. Also, he coaches two state he had coached two state championship track teams, one boys, one girls. The guy never gives up. He just loved kids, you know, and loved doing things for them. My guest is currently assistant principal and athletic director at Powell Middle School, uh, where he's under my where under my glasses are bad, Lawrence. So I'm gonna let you finish it. <laughs> uh, but but uh, okay. I like to it's it, it, my guest. And like I said, uh, the teammate of mine, and um, I have a lot to talk about with that during the show, but everybody I like to introduce, I'm um, Lawrence Schaefer. How you doing, Lawrence? I'm good, love. How are you? I'm doing good. Usually when my guests come on, I have them tell a little stuff, something about themselves, but, you know, I just had to read that because I was up all this morning just um, impressed, you know. Um, I know after you left what's playing and you went on and was doing great things, but... This is remarkable, Lawrence. Um, and um, I say hats off to your accomplishment you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's It's been a lot of work, but, you know, it's been a lot of fun, too. So uh, real excited about some of the accomplishments, you know. And also I was real excited. Most exciting thing, Love, was uh, getting back to see everybody when we got called back in the fall uh, of last fall. Uh, 2018 for our uh, Hall of Fame induction. So that's a that was another accomplishment. I was really excited about that. Well, uh, I'm gonna talk about that too at the end of the show. Something that I've been on my heart about you that I like to talk. But let's start with um. I had um Randy Warnock on the show last week, and we was talking about the kids. You know, nowadays it's difficult. You know, because it's a different generation of kids. How you got to coach them and talk to them. You in right. there with the kids. Explain how 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 difficult it is and how do you handle it in like in situations? Uh, good question. You know, we're living in the age uh with kids where everything is instantaneous. They want you know, they want it here and they want it now. And they expect it here and they expect it now. When they when they jump online, you know, they get immediate answers. And a lot of times kids, especially when they're in sports, they're looking for an immediate answer. And the answer is, you know, there's no immediate answer. You're going to have to work at it, and you're going to have to suffer, and you're going to have to face adversity, and you're going to have to 
uh, learn to live through that adversity. And, and the challenge right now with working with kids today is uh, a lot of them don't know how to live through that adversity uh, because they expect everything to happen, you know, automatically. They think the people who get drafted or who get college scholarships, uh, someone just shows up at the door and gives it to them. And, and that's not uh, true at all. You got to put the time in, you got to put the work in. So um, that's, that's the difficult part uh, with working with kids today. Well, Lawrence, how do you handle it? Because, like we were saying, these kids have been baby, you know. A friend of mine called me last week, Santa Rosa. He was coaching, and he was fired because he said he was trying to get the best out of the kids. I think yelling on that, but you can't yell nowadays as a kid. How do you handle that, Lawrence, when you're trying to get through one of those kids that's difficult, but you know he's a talented athlete, you know, and can be, you know, better himself? How do you do it? Right. You know, the biggest thing I talk with kids about when I'm working with kids, James, is, is um, I let them know that there are choices and consequences. In life, there are going to be choices and consequences. Whatever you choose to do, it's going to produce a consequence. Sometimes the consequence is going to be positive. Sometimes the consequence is going to be negative. But there's going to be a consequence one way or the other. And I try to get them to realize that, you know, whatever choice they're getting ready to make it's going to produce a consequence. Which one do they want? Do they want the positive or do they want the negative? Because one is coming. And I try to get them to see that. Uh, you know, if they make the choice with positive consequence, these are all the doors that are open for you. If you make a choice that has a negative consequence, well, now some of these doors that were open for you are going to start to close. And many of them, unfortunately, aren't going to open up again. So when I'm working with athletes, uh, you know, young athletes and young kids, it's really about the choice and the consequence. Uh, you know, I can, I love coaching track because the choices and the, the choices and the consequence show themselves. You know, if you're good and you put the work in, it will show. If you made the choice not to put the work in, it will show. One way or the other is going to show. So, uh, and you can, in track and field, you can't hide from that. In football or any sport, you, Sometimes you can hide behind the team, but eventually it's going to show if you put the work in. If you made that choice to put the work in, it's going to show. If you made the choice to not put the work in, that's going to show too. And then you have to make some choices from there. So that's what I talk about. When I talk with young athletes and kids, that's where I go. Lawrence, the reason why I say I got to put my hats off to you, you know, um, is um, – you won championship with kids. That means you got the best out of them. But I quit coaching because it was just too much because of the parents. How do you deal with that? You know, everybody <laughs> wants their kid to be the star. <laughs> and everybody got a uh, comment for the coach. You know, let, you know, I'm like, let the coach coach. How do you deal with that? Yeah, good question. Um, usually before I start coaching, and, and I actually I coached our middle school basketball team this year, usually I have a parent meeting right at the beginning. And I let the parents know, I, I first offer, you know, are there any parents who have experience in coaching this sport? If so, please come out and help me because I'm volunteering my time and, you know, this is my experience coaching and this is what I've done. And if you have that same type of experience, come on out and join me. I'd love to work with you. If you don't have that type of experience and you don't know the coaching, then I'm going to expect you to be quiet and let the kids play the game and let me coach the game. If you can't be quiet, 
then you can take your kid and go to another team. And that's usually, I set those guidelines and those rules from the giddy up. Uh, first practice or even before the first practice. And, you know, I let them know my experience. And if anybody's got more experience than me, by all means, come and join me and let's work together. But if you're going to be there, if you're going to be a sideline quarterback and think you can do better, then take your kid and go put them on another team because I don't have time for that, nor do I need it. So that's usually my message message to parents, and, and I usually don't have any, uh, any guff with that. I mean, every now and then you'll get grumblings, uh, but I also tell the parents, James, remember, I, I coach at a school, and I'm not just a coach. I'm an assistant principal or, or the people that they're working with. They're teachers, so, and they may be teachers that your kids have. So if you're going to you know, say that gosh darn coach doesn't know what he's doing or she's doing, remember that they're not just coaches. They're teachers, too, and your kids have to go to school, and they may be a teacher that your kids like. So you shouldn't talk bad in front of your kids about their teachers because they are teachers first, and coaches second. So that's the kind of the, the angle that I, that I twist. Um, that's, that's a good idea. I mean, I gather I'm a parent that I'm listening to today, and, um, and, and um, she's having that problem. I told her to listen to you and, you know, stay out with your kids. Some parents want to live through their kids, Lauren, and how do you deal with that? You know, you see the parent, you know, push her. Sometimes the kids don't really even want to play the sport. How do right. you deal with that kid and the, and the parent, Lauren? Um, you know, th- that's a good question. A lot of times it, I'll deal with the kid first and see if the kid actually wants to play the sport. Is this something that the kid is enjoying or are they doing it just because of the parent? And I'm going I'm to try to get the honest answer out of the kid. Uh, because and if the kid says, you know, this is a sport that I really want to play, that I really want to get better at, um, then I'm going to give them some ideas about how we get better at this. And I'm going to deal with the kid first, and then I'm going to go deal with the parent. And I'm going to say, this is what your, your son or daughter has told me they would like to do. They love coach, you know, they love the sport. They want to get better at the sport. Here's how you can help them. So that's my message usually to the parent. If the kid doesn't like the sport, or and is just doing it because mm-hmm. the parent wants them to, then I'm going to let the parent know that too. I'm going to say, I had a conversation with your son or daughter. You know, here in practice, they're not giving it. They're all, they seem like they don't want to be here. So when I talk to them, I ask them if this is a sport that they, that they chose or that their parent chose. And they said that, you know, a parent mm-hmm. really wants them to do this. Here's the deal. If your kid continues not to, to push hard and not practice hard because he doesn't want it, either he's going to get hurt or somebody else mm-hmm. on the team is going to get hurt because of their lackadaisical attitude. So it's got to be you know, something that the kid loves to do. It's got to come from the kid first. can't come from the parent. It's got to come from the kid because if they love to do it, they're going to respond to that statement. If they don't love to do it and they're just doing it for the parent, then you take the chance of somebody getting hurt. And it could be their kid or it could be somebody else on the team gets hurt because of something that their kid did or did not do. So I have the parent, you know, really have the parent take a good hard look at that. You know, and I let the parent know, you know, if there's, if uh, your kid doesn't want to play, no hard feelings. Go do something that they love. You know, go do something that they love. And, and then you're going to get more out of the kid uh, than what you, what you think you'll get out of them. That's what we're going to do, Lon. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, um, 
I'm looking at my screen. I got a question from you from a coach back in Chicago. And then okay. also I'd like to talk to you a little bit about um, how you differ from track and football and basketball with your coaching style. So this is James Loving and my guest, Lawrence Schaefer, the guy that I, at the end of the show, I'm going to tell you that um, in my book, he's a Hall of Famer. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host. Back to the show, like I said, my brotherhood that was my teammate and mentor, um, Lawrence Schaefer. You still with us, Lawrence? I'm still here, James. Well, you said something good um, before I get to this question from this coach, but uh, I want you to talk a little bit more about it. You was talking about your son, you know, and um, you said you ain't push sports on them. Um, you got to let them be a kid first. A lot of these parents you see, they starting to kids out working them out at three, four, and pushing it all on them. Is that bad for, the, uh, for us, Lawrence? Yeah, you know, uh, love, what I see a lot of um, is when uh, parents push their kids too young. I mean, you got to let a kid be a kid, but when you force them into things too young, uh, by the time they get to middle and high school, they don't love the sport anymore. And I find probably about 80% of the time 
when they get to middle and high school, the kids just don't love the sport, so they just don't go out for it. Well, why don't they love the sport? Because it's been pushed on them, you know, for the last eight or nine years, and they're kind of burned out from it. So, um, you know, it, it's like pulling teeth sometimes to see if any of our kids here at the middle school level are going to continue to go out for a sport here at the middle school, or even even when they get to high school. And a lot of times they're like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to do something else, or no, nah, I'm tired of it. Uh, I've been playing it for so long. So I, I think it's, you know, everybody says, yeah, you got to start them early, start them early if you want them to get a scholarship. Um, that's not necessarily true, because if you start them too too early, they're going to burn out. And that's the part that worries me the most because the kids got to love what they're doing in order to do it. Um, so I, I think sometimes parents do push kids too early to be, you know, the star. Um, you know, and it's, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. Uh, we have a, a community team here at, uh, in, our neighbor, in our community, our neighborhood, and mm-hmm. every, year, every year they go to the Super Bowl. And every year they win the Super Bowl as either eighth or seventh graders. Well, then you go to look for them next year at the high school level. You know, I go try to catch a high school game or something, and about half of the kids aren't playing anymore. And you wonder why, and you ask them, you know, why are you sitting on the sidelines? I'm just kind of done. I didn't want to do it anymore. Okay, so that tells me you're burned out. So it's a fine balance, you know. It's a fine balance. It really is. You know, and I see a lot of, you know, these parents come to me. Um, I don't, tell me how you feel about this because we might have a different perspective on this, but um, parents come to me because I do a free football camp back in Chicago, my neighborhood, just to give back. But parents come like, oh, I want my kid to be this and that, and they put them in 12 or 14 different camps they parents. And I tell them, that's too much, you know? Yeah. Do you agree with that, Lawrence? Oh, I, I totally agree with that. That's way too much. You know, if... If your kid is good, they'll stand out. They're going to show it if they're good. And you got to give a kid a break. I mean, you can't put them in camp after camp after camp. Got to give them a break and let them be a kid. Well, I mean, that's what I was saying because each camp really going to teach basically the same thing. You know, you just get different coaches. You know, and like you know, and and I just think you know, um, if you're trying to pay for him, to, you know, to be great, you know, you're not going to get it. He got to be great to have it in his heart. You agree right. with that, Lauren? I totally agree with that. I uh, I coach uh, Von Miller's uh, football camp in the summer, and uh, mm-hmm. last year was my first year coaching. He had over 500 kids in the camp, and a lot of them were there just to have fun. Um, but then there were yeah. some that were there who, you know, taking it a little too far. It's like, this is a two-day camp with no pads on. We're out here to have fun and le- learn the fundamentals. You know, we're not out here just because, just because Von Miller comes out. He's not recruiting your kid to the next college. You know, and that's what a lot yeah. of the parents thought. Oh, if Von Miller comes out. He's going to, you know, see my kid and make him be on the Broncos next year. Uh, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, he's coming out because it's his camp, and he wants the kids to have fun and learn some fundamentals, and that's it. We're not trying to get the next, find the next superstar or anything like that. We're trying to give them the, the fun of the game and learn them the fun, have them learn the fundamentals at the same time. Yeah, I went and uh, I was telling this parent um, because I had coached on one of those USA football teams that came to Chicago, and um, I was speaking to a kid. They had. 400 kids there, and they charge uh-huh. them each 
$400. I was talking to a kid. He said, yeah, you can only get here by invitation. They had to do an interview. I'm like, and some kids I've seen there that there's no way they should be playing football. So I looked at it as, that's a money thing, Lauren, you know? Yeah. It was yeah, a, absolutely. It was a money thing because, yeah, because I'm like, okay, if they have y'all an interview, you had to do an interview and you had to have an invitation. Some of these kids, there was no way, Lauren. And I'm not trying to talk about kids, but their skills level shouldn't have been there. So I'm like, why are these people getting this money making these kids? You know what I'm saying, Lauren? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, as I said before, if, if you're good, then they'll find you. You know, the camps will find you. you. You don't have to pay all of this money and send your kid to this, to this camp and that camp. If you're good, high schools and colleges will find you. You'll, you'll stand out, you know, but you've got to love the game in order to be good. You just can't go out there and have, you know, you have your parents shell out $400 here and there for a camp, and you really don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, because right. now parents are wasting money. So... Um, yeah, I, I worry about that because a lot of these camps are money makers, um, and parents send the the kids to the camp with hopes and dreams. You know, many of them do, but then there are some that send them and just say, "Hey, just go have fun and learn something." Those are few and far right. between. You know, because uh, many of the parents these days think their kids are going to get scholarships based on the camps that they go to, and that's scholarship is not yeah. promised. Not promised. Well, then, you know, you got people say, well, my kid will get his money, the money worked out of the camp, you know? Yeah. What do you do yeah. then? <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, too. Yep. And what, what can you say? Well, you know, your, your son or daughter just kind of sat around and didn't really want to do the camp. So next year, may yeah. I suggest a different camp? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got this question from um, Coach Mark Tobacco out of Hillcrest, uh, Chicago. The gist of his question that you learned that you love so much is um, he got a star player on his team, and okay. the player thinks the the rules are different for him um, okay. and the parents. Um, what do he said, Lawrence? What what can I do because if we don't have him on the team, we won't win. He our best player. Um, if we do get rid of him, the um, the other players will feel that uh, our season is going to go to the end. So what should he do? What should he do? Yeah, well, can you uh, cut the kid, and you know how you change that when you have your best player. You know, you know he, you know. Well, no one person is greater than the team, and that's always been my philosophy. No one person is ever greater than the team. Um, there's a, a saying I think Magic Johnson said it: when you put on that jersey, the name on the front of the jersey better be more important than the name on the back of the jersey. So that's about when you're playing team sports. That's what you shoot for. Now, uh, if you've got a star player on a team who's all that in a bag of chips and he doesn't think the rules apply to him, I would pull him aside and lay down mm-hmm. the law. This is how it's going to be. We are a team. We're going to work together as a team. We want you on the team because we want you to make other people around you better, but you're not going to get better mm-hmm. if they don't get better. So I need you on the team to make other people better. If you can't do that, and if you're going to ridicule and point out and do all these things that aren't team-related, then you got to go. Go find another team because no one person is greater than the team, not one. And, you know, I had that uh, this year with one of my basketball players, and I had that same conversation with him. You are not better than the team. 
we want you on the team, yes, but it's going to be my way, and you're going to be a team player. If not, go, don't play. Go somewhere else. And he stayed, and he played, and he made the team better, and, and we went undefeated. So, you know, it's, it's just what you're going to stand as a coach. You know, it's that old saying, if you stand for nothing, you're going to fall for anything. So what do you stand for as a coach? Well, how, how do um, you differ um, track and football and basketball? Because track is almost an individual sport, right? Where, and football is a team and basketball team. When you have an individual sport, it's just that, you know, that kid that got to worry about himself. How do, right. how do you do, you know, but how do you do that? Um, you know, each sport is different, and each sport re- requires a, a different skill set from uh, all your all the athletes involved. Uh, with track, again, usually with all my sports, I have a meeting with the kids at the beginning, and then I have a meeting with the parents. So, in my my meeting with the kids is you're going to be a good person first, you're going to be a good student second, you're going to be a good athlete third, and it's going to be in that order. If you can't handle it, don't come out. Uh, so when I'm dealing with track, it's that, that sport usually speaks for itself because if you put the work in, it will show, and you'll show improvement each week. If you don't put the work in, it will show. E- either way, it's going to show. So whether you're getting first or second or you're getting lapped, you know, you, it's going to show. So that, one, that, that is one that you can't – that's a sport you can't hide from. Maybe if you're on a relay team, you might be able to hide, but if that guy behind you catches you, now it shows you didn't put the work in. So, so track is really easy. Uh, feelings get hurt a lot in track because you get passed or you get lapped. Then you get upset and angry and things like that, but that just, need, that just goes to show you need to put more work in. Football and basketball, uh, as a team sport, uh, it, it shows on as a team, too, if you get fouled and you, you know, in basketball and you have to go to the free throw line, it will show if you've been working on your free throws or not, you know, and it will, it will show if you make a poor pass or if you lose the ball out of bounds or double dribble or what have you, it will show, you know, did you put the time in? Yes or no. In football, it will show if you miss that block and you know it's a block you got to make, or you're not strong enough to make that block, or if you miss that hole, or if you're the quarterback and you miss that read, okay, did, well, did you put the time in to do it? Did we work on this? Did I, did I, as a coach, coach you correctly? And you, as a player, did you listen correctly, and did you learn? If you didn't, it will show. If you did, it will show. Either way, in sports, it's going to show. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. I hate to cut off, but I'm back. But let's take another break, and then we'll come back. Uh, we can talk a little bit more. And I want to uh, ask you a question. How do you, diff- how do, you um, do it when you got, you know, been a assistant principal and then you had a sports kid? How do that okay. tie in together when you talk with kids? So we'll be right back. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. 
Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, Lawrence. Lawrence, you didn't leave me, did you? No, I'm still here. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, how do you, being assistant principal and then being a coach, track coach, basketball coach, football coach, how do that both work together when you're talking to a kid and a student, you know? Oh, geez. Uh, so, yeah, again, when I talk to the kids, depending if it's a middle school or high school, because, uh, you know, in middle school they know everything. Uh, and, and, uh, but they're not really sure. But then by the time they get to high school, of course they know everything and you know nothing. Um, so, uh, a lot of times I talk to them about, uh, again, choices and consequences. Um, but then at the middle school level, I remind them, you know, Hey, you're here, you're here to have fun. You're here to learn. You're here to get the fundamentals down and we're here to play the game. Okay. When they get to high school, it's, it's a little bit more competitive Okay, and you're there to learn and have fun. Yes, at the same time, you're also trying to win some games. So, you know, you've got to learn to persevere. So a lot of times when talking with, uh, with high school kids, it's more about persevering. It's more about learning how to fight through adversity. You know, if you win or if you lose, if you win, you win gracefully. If you lose, you lose gracefully, but you persevere and you work harder. Um, so that's what the the conversation in working with athletes is. It's a little different at the high school level because you want them to push themselves. You don't want you want them to push themselves as individuals, and you want them to push themselves as a team uh, if if they're on a team sport. So the team gets better, and as the team gets better, the season will get better. So. You know, that's what, in, in dealing with athletes at those two different levels, that's uh, what I try to talk with them about. Um, uh, give me your answer to this, Lawrence. You see how, I know when I was coming up, I was in Juco, our coach was in our face, throwing apples. Um, you see the coach, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Michigan State basketball coach that went off on the kid. Yeah. Is it coaching like that nowadays, or is it different? You got to be, you know nice to the kids. So do you see or can there be coaching like that again? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't, um, I, you know, kids today are different. Uh, kids today are raised differently. And so you're, you're not going to see a lot of the, the uh, violent coaches and getting upset and throwing things. You're not going to see a lot of that anymore because a lot of times kids won't respond to that. Uh, but some kids will respond to that, you know. Uh, you you got to know your team. You got to be able to build relationships uh, with your kid and know, or, you know, with the kids on your team and know what makes them tick. Know what makes them be more aggressive. Know what makes them be more engaged. Um, and that's how you have to coach. Each, each individual kid is is coached differently. Some are okay with the yelling, uh, and some, you know, when you start yelling, go and hide under a shell, and you don't see them for a week. Um, but then some are good with, you know, hey, let me explain this to you. This is how it goes. Um, I, and, you know, I've coached both boys and girls, and I can tell you that, you know, coaching boys, you can get away with a little bit more, you do it this way, you do it this way, you do it this way, let's go. With coaching girls, you you know, you do it this way, but then they want to know why. Why do we do it this way? So mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you got to explain it. You, you can't say, well, just because, you know, because they don't understand that. You no. always in coaching girls, you got to give a reason why, and then they understand it, and then they respond to that. So, uh, you know, it's it depends on the athlete. If you built a re- relationship with that athlete and with that team, then you're going to know how to respond to, to the team and, and to the individual athletes. What do you do when you get a kid that um, his athletic talent is not that good, but he just want to be out there to um, get to meet people and all like that, you know? Um, my question where I'm going with that is uh, when I was coaching, I had a kid like that, and um, we were winning the game. And I want to put him in the game just for the confidence, you know, because if you don't put him in there, get that confidence in life, you're going to be having no confidence when something come up and went up losing the game and the parents was mad. But that kid thanked me for putting him in. Would you have done that, Lawrence? Absolutely, I would have done that. If he hadn't played yet, yeah, absolutely, I would have put him in because it's about, like you said, it's about the experience, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that student, that student just didn't come out just to ride the pine. You know, if he's been coming to practice or he or she has been coming to practice and putting in the work and working hard, uh, they deserve to get some time on the court. You know, I always talk to my parents about, you know, there's equal playing time and then there's equitable playing time and there's a difference. Um, if you're out, you know, for equal playing time, then that you're going to be on a recreational league or something like that where everybody gets their four minutes of playing time and everybody's going to play. But equitable playing time is different, especially when you're talking uh, middle and high school. Equitable means that the, the students who put in the work, the students who have worked hard, they're going to play. And now it may not be, you know, the whole game, um, but everybody's going to get a chance to play. And if your kid is, you know, he's not the greatest athlete, but he's working hard, yeah, I'm going to give him, some, him or her some time on the court because they deserve that because they've been working just as hard as everybody else. Um, so that's equitable playing time. And, and I have that when I have my parent meeting at the beginning of the season, I always talk about that, the difference between equal playing time and equitable playing time because parents a lot of times don't understand that. And so you have to go through which is which. You know, what, what does equitable playing time mean and what does equal playing time mean? So, yeah, I, I hear you on that. That's, that's not an easy one. But, yeah, I would have played the kid, too. If, he, if he's been coming to practice and working hard like everybody else, he deserves some time on the yeah. field, field or the court. 
Well, can you talk a little bit more? Because uh, I'm going to talk to my friend tonight that was fired, but he was fired from um women's softball team. Can you talk a little bit more on how you would coach that different than the, the boys? Because apparently he said, he, you know, he was yelling in the girls, you know, trying to, but how different is that coaching than when you coach the girls from the boys? What do you do different, Lauren? Um, so it's, you know, people say, well, they're, they're athletes. They're all, you should coach them all the same. No, no. Uh, girls, when you coach girls sports, they always want to know why. So, uh, you know, and so when you coach them, you ask them the question a lot of times. So if they've done something wrong, uh, you ask them the question, okay, you just threw the ball to such and such. Why did you do that? And then they'll give you an answer, and then you have to respond off of that. Or you have to say, okay, uh, next time, what do you think is a better idea? And get them to think about it, because girls, girls are thinkers. And they'll think through situations a lot faster than boys do. Boys just react in the way they go. Um, and what you say is gold, and you know, they'll, they'll understand it. But girls are very, they're, they're thinkers, and they want to know why, and they want to know what they did wrong and how they can do it better. So when, when coaching girls, you, you have to keep that in the back of your mind. You know, they're, they're curious and they want to learn and they want to get better so that they don't, so they don't do it again. So you have to ask them a lot more questions and you have to put them in a lot more hypothetical situations, uh, so that they understand, you know, when, when game time comes, Okay, coach, talk to me about this. This is what I need to do. This is what I, let me think through this. They think through things a lot more uh, quicker than boys do. Boys just react. Um, and, and I think that's the difference because you can, you know, yell at a boy, why'd you run that route? Because, okay, wrong route, run it again. Okay, you know, but then with a girl, why'd you run that route? What route was I running, coach? You ran the such and such. Okay, did you, where are you supposed to run? You know, you have to go through the whole scenario with them, but that's what they're trying to do to, to be better athletes. They're trying to understand the game better and understand why you're telling them to do something. And boys just run around and just do it. <laughs> so, which is not always the best idea. Not always the best idea either because half the time they're running the wrong way. <laughs> that is true. It's okay, true. Well, let's go off. It is. You're right. You're so right on that. <laughs> but see, I never coached um, girls, so I never knew how to do and what you said to me, because I was still thinking the same thing, athlete's an athlete, but you, they're not. You're right. Yeah, you know, they're not. They're, they're completely they're, different. They're different. Yeah. Let's go off the um, field and the court. Lawrence, um, being an uh, athletic director, I mean, um, assistant principal, athletic director, too, what do you tell students, you know, like, um, it ain't all about sports. You got. What, what do you tell the kids, boys and girls? Uh, so my rule, uh, my rule is you're going to be a good person first, regardless of what it is that you're doing. You're going to be a good person first. You're going to be a good student second. And then you're going to be a good whatever it is that you do third. And it has to be in that order in order for you to get better. So whether you, if you're in the band, cool. You'd be a good person first. You'd be a good student second. And you'd be a good tuba player third. Uh, if you're, okay, let's go. You know, Let's, let's Go start with good student first. What, what, what do you mean? So if you're a good person first, that means you're respectful Respect. to your teammates or your classmates. You're respectful to the okay. adults that are in your life. Uh, 
uh, and you're respectful to the people who are in your life who are trying to make your life better. And at the same time, you're trying to surround yourself with people who make your life better, not worse. That's what being a good person is. If, if somebody knocks down, if at my school, for example, if a kid gets their books knocked over, if they drop their books, I expect somebody in the hallway to help them pick them up and move them on, and I get that. When I say good morning to you in the hallway, you better say good morning back or I'm going to chase you down the hall until you do. So, you know, it's, it's simple things like that that is being a good being a good person. So that's... Okay, before you know, we, go ahead. Oh, before we go to the next one, um, you said something about um, the friends. What do you tell a kid, a boy or girl, that, you know, the friends, some of them are bad, but that's who they live, you know, with. I mean, not live with, but live on the block and hang around with, um, and they're not right. a good kid to be around. What, what would you say, Lawrence? Because I heard yeah, you say I, you got to pick your... your yeah, and I've, I've given that speech many, many times over my career. I will always tell a kid, you know, I, I will not tell you who to be friends with. That's not my job. My job is to point out to you that you have certain people in your life that, make, that are making your life better. You have certain people in your life that are making your life worse. Where do you want to be? And then I always give the, this example. <clears throat> this is something my father told me before he passed. Friends are like trees, okay? You have the roots of a tree, which are grounded and make the tree steady and, you know, make it solid and help it grow. You have the branches of the tree where the branches, some will come and some will go. And sometimes the branches are strong, but sometimes they break off. Just depends. Then you have the leaves of the tree, you know, the leaves, they come and go. They're seasonal people. Uh, and when you're dealing with friends, you have to figure out who are, the, who are the roots, who are the branches, and who are the leaves in your life. And so that's what I, that's what I talk to when I talk to the, the kids about. And that's about being a good person. Well, let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll finish the last two, and then we get into uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about. So this is James and Lawrence, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
It's a spring triple threat on The Revolution with Jim and Trav this week as the boys talk hunting for alligators, bears, and hogs. Oh my. Joining the boys is Travis T-Bone Turner from Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, Wild Man Kip Campbell of Red Arrow, Yamaha's own Steve Nessel, and Trey PK of Voodoo Crew on Outdoor Channel. Jim and Trav's spring triple threat discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James I'm your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like I said, my guest, Lawrence, Say for my brother, um, always gonna be. Uh, we're gonna um, get Lawrence to talk about um, the student part. Lawrence, can you give us a brief thing about the students? What you mean by that? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, be a good person. Second of all, be a good student. So that means um, you, when you show up to class, you're ready to learn. Okay, you're not being a distraction in class. You're not being a, a what we call a tool trying to distract everybody else. But you're there and you're focused and you're engaged in your learning because this is about you learning and growing. This isn't about anybody else. So a good student is one that's going to be uh, respectful in class, going to be uh, helpful to other students, uh, going to participate in class in a positive way, and going to be engaged in their learning. That's what a, a good student needs to be. And the last one is? And then the last one is to be a good whatever it is that you do third. So it's a good person, good student, and then a good athlete or a, a band player or swimmer, whatever it is that you do that makes you you. You, you do that third. And you put in the time, you put in the practice hours, you you do what you have to do to get better at whatever your craft is, even if it's you know drawing comics, whatever it is, acting, playing an instrument, um, all the things that make you you, you be good at that third. So that's the formula that we hear I have here at my middle school, Powell Middle School, and uh, that's the the formula when I coach. Um, I use that as well, um, and as an athletic director, I use that. And as an assistant principal, and I think all my staff here knows, knows that about me. You'd be a good person first, you'd be a good student second, and you'd be a good whatever it is you do to make you you, that's third. Well, honestly, we ain't got about a few minutes left, but I want your staff and everybody that's listening to my show know this about you. Um, my thing of an MVP is a person who helped that team not only win, but bring out everybody character and um everything with them and that person, you know, that person is just not only the best athlete, you know, um, but I think he's the best person that everybody loves to be around and listen to. 
my thing of a Hall of Famer is a person that give up um, their heart for the sport, no matter what it is, you know. Um, just just give their all day in, day in, out on the field and, you know, off the field and when somebody need help. The reason I'm saying this is um, Dennis Erickson brought in um, four guys from JUCO receivers to call the California crew. You were already there. You got to let me say this because I've been wanting to say this to you for the longest. I wish I could get up at the Hall of Fame thing and tell everybody. They wouldn't let me talk. They let Craig and Dave, but <laughs> you came, we, we came in and your minutes diminished as your playing time. But the thing about it is not only you've been an MVP in the Hall of Fame, I think in my book is you didn't gripe. You still came to practice all the time. You wasn't late. You still was there at game. You still helped us when we didn't know our play help us out. You didn't give us the wrong play like this one guy did to me in Philly, you know. But <laughs> you gave 100% day in and out. There's some games you that you didn't even play, and you still didn't gripe. So your staff at Powell and everybody listening to Chicago, my show, everybody all the world listening, but you are a Hall of Famer in my book, and you're always going to be, Lawrence. And I appreciate well, what you taught me. You know, uh, about life, about, you know, no matter what life throws at you, you go out there and get your hundreds and don't worry about what everybody else, you know. So would you like to say something on that, Lawrence, to end the show? Thank you, James. That's very nice of you to say. Um, you know, I've, I just felt honored to, to play with you guys, um, to be a part of a team, to be part of something special. You know, um, we, all, we all put our, our hats in the, in the ring and we came out with something that was just incredible. So I was just glad to be a part of, you know, playing with you guys um, and being on the same field with you guys because you guys were something special as well. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate those comments. But, you know, at the same time, we, we all put in. We all went through hell and back. But, you know, we came, we came out together mm-hmm. as brothers, and, and we'll be brothers to the end. So I appreciate everything yeah. uh, that, you, that you've done. And uh, I appreciate uh, just being a part of something special. Well, thank you, Lawrence. And like I said, keep um, the success that you're doing. And um, like you said, we're all going to keep in touch with Brotherhood. Thank you again, Lawrence. Absolutely. Thank you, James. Have a good day. Thanks, brother. You too. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.